0: We all up in the area like landscape, definitely bringing you the power slam and pancakes. It's the mandate that you tune in. It's time to move out, so we can move in and recognize that this is no illusion. I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion. It
3: all started off in the book of Genesis when Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was the nemesis, and when the man saw he couldn't overpower him, he touched his hip, but he really couldn't devoured him. And from that point, then we hear a name change, rearrange the game, so now we gotta change. You are now listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show by Crave Wrestling on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page Crave Wrestling. Episode 263, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Pancakes and Power Slam show. We are live and Living color, getting funky like a monkey, if you will, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank every single person that contributed to the five-year anniversary show last week. It was so amazing. It had so much fun. Uh, it went over time. It was great. A lot of publicity. And I want to thank all every single person that had any type of affiliation, any 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 kind thoughts, any type of positive just uh, thoughts and and comments toward the five year anniversary. I, th- I want to thank all the fans, the listeners of the show that had so many positive things to say about the show. It was so awesome. It was the, the you know just Chris Sabin, Marty Elias the panel it was really 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 fun so thank you so much ladies and gentlemen without further ado we have such a fun action packed show tonight with a lot of controversy and of course pg style as we do every week but i got some uh i got some awesome people two of my favorite people to interview uh i know you ask chris why are these the two two of the favorite people that you've interviewed on your show i've had uh, a handful of people that's been on my show uh, within the past five years and a week now uh, on, on two separate occasions. I've had n- numerous people uh, come on the show that I love interviewing. I've had two parts of it. But these two people who I'm going to interview uh, here in just a few actually win an award. They, they don't know this. I think the last time they won an award for being the only time that I've interviewed two people at once Now, they're winning another award of being the only two people in five years of the Pancakes and Power Slam show, the only two people that have been on the show three separate occasions. That's awesome. Well, they both have been on the show uh, once alone and now twice together again. So for the third time, I am so excited to introduce the, the, the Dream Team, if you will. The Minnesota Dream Team of Ken Anderson and Sean Navari. How are you two tonight?
0: I'm so excited now. I can't believe we won an award. Oh my god!
1: <laughs> Congratulations, dude. That is <laughs> like just did, like,
0: did, like did when a promoter what? gives you a belt in lieu of a raise. Like, Me, really?
3: exactly. <laughs> it's like fool's gold. You I mean, it's like you you look at it. It's there's no value to it, but at least it looks good for a little bit. Do I get if you go control? to the academy
0: if you go to the academy and sit down and take a dump in the bathroom, you're looking dead eye to eye locked on with our student of the month. That's how valuable an award is <laughs>
3: sounds sounds good man uh, well, I appreciate uh the the awesome value and the award that you uh that you've given uh, that, I mean, that you that you've equated to my award. I think that's a very good equation uh <laughs> thank you so much uh but yeah we we got a lot to talk about uh, tonight. I want to thank the both of you for coming on the show again. Um, Like I said, two of my favorite people to interview. Both of you are the only ones who've ever been on my show three times. So uh, that's that's saying something. Uh, I don't know. I think I'm closer to 100 interviews now. Um, So I'm I'm just looking forward to both of you and and what you have to say about uh, the Academy. Let's start off with that. Let's start off with just, I mean, I remember when when I was speaking to Sean uh, and Ken individually, and you guys were... Envisioning the academy it was before it opened. And then I spoke to you a little bit after it opened. And now you guys are well-established in Minnesota. So let's start with Sean. Um, just let us know just the, the, the success that the academy has done since you've opened it.
0: I mean, I, I guess I can't really label it as success because success, I guess, is in the eye of the beholder. But as far as the number of trainees we have, I think we might have the biggest one in the country, if that's, if that's your measuring speak of success. Nice. You know, we had 42 kids in our first class. Our second class has started, so we'll see who hangs into there. Um, you know, I, I don't know any other wrestling school. I've never been to any other wrestling school that have that many kids, A, fresh out the gate, B, like, accumulated over the whole time. Uh, so if, if that's your measuring stick of success, you know, we're doing all right. And it's we measuring stick of success with the quality of training, like, I, also on top of that, you know, we got Ken there on every training session. Eric Cannon comes in when he's not booked. Not, not, uh, what's her name? Molly Holly. Comes by, I'm there when I can. The, the other trainers we have coming in, you know, Mickey James came in and did a seminar with us, Shelton Benjamin. If that's your measuring stick of success, we're doing pretty successful there. If you're measuring success, the stick of success is, is not spending a lot of time there and making a ton of money. Me and Ken are the most unsuccessful people on the planet.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Ken, would you agree? We also,
2: like, I, I will say that we have a, a lot more retention than we thought we would have. We, we just didn't know what to expect, really. But like a lot of our students have stuck around and a lot of our students are, I think going to be somewhat successful uh, for different, for different reasons. And, um, you know, you, we got one group of, of students that was, uh, you know, really athletically gifted and everything you tell them, they get it on the first time um, but they might they might not necessarily get the the mental aspect of what we do and the other people might not be gifted as a as gifted athletically, but they really grasp the ment the mental game and then you've got mm-hmm. some people that have a blend of the two so it's pretty good mix
3: yeah that's awesome that's that's really good so do you guys uh, have any short term goals uh are you looking for some of your kids to uh to be picked up by any um Yeah. I guess you can say major promotion. I mean, you know, like, like you said, Sean, I mean, this major, I guess, uh, is, is relative. Uh, but you know, we, we all, I guess we all know as far as USD the quote unquote major promotions, what are, what are your short term goals? Let's start with Ken.
2: I think, yeah, I think obviously to have one of our students come from the Academy and, you know, make it to the grand stage would be fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, we kind of already
0: have, you know, me and Ken's first trainee is, is Aria, my brother, you know,
1: yeah.
0: and what, mm-hmm. I, what year was it, Ken? Like, you know, I think it was like six, seven years ago, there was a wrestling school in Northeast Minneapolis that me and then, you know, when I was on the road or when Ken wasn't on the road at the time Shelton lived in Minneapolis when he was on the road, we would go to train Arya. and, you know, he just got picked up by WWE this past November. I, I, I mean, that's, I don't know about you, Ken, but that's the first person that I've ever said that, you know, I started training.
3: Yeah, I'd say he's a prodigy. Yeah, yeah. Him
0: and
3: Hornswoggle. the Really, you train Hornswoggle?
2: Yeah, well, it would just be you know, uh, not not in a tradition, not a, not in a sense like I'm training kids now, where it was like mm-hmm. you know, three time, three nights a week, a regimented schedule, an actual curriculum or anything like that. It was just every time we'd be on wrestling shows together, I'd kind of take them under my wing and show them things. Yeah. And, Show him what I knew, you know, and I didn't know everything at the time. I still don't know everything now, but the stuff that I did know, I would try to pass on that knowledge to him. Yeah, and I'll tell you, he was pretty pretty damn successful. I think he was the only little person in WWE history to have a full time contract intact, especially have a contract for. He was there for ten years.
3: Yeah, and he was the only midget. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and he was cruiserweight champion. I mean, (laughs) oh, was he? Yeah, that's uh, pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, he was. He was the last Cruiserweight champion in 2007.
2: He was in know. DX. He was in freaking
3: DX for a while. He was no. in DX. Yeah, yeah he was. Yeah, he, he was Vince McMahon's son.
0: It's kind of funny. I remember people always ask me, like, my favorite shit, stuff that I did at WWE, and, like, like one of my favorite moments, none of my, I can't even remember what I did. When I watch it on YouTube or something, it's like an out-of-body experience because I didn't actually do it, but one of my favorite moments is uh, the WrestleMania we did in Detroit when, like, Ken, Punk, and the Midget were all in the ring at the same time, pretty much <laughs> in the finishing, yeah. you know, segment, or the finishing, you know, the go-home of the match.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's a uh, good point. Uh, so I, I that, was sitting I in the a locker room watching it, and
0: I was so much more geeked out than everybody else for different reasons, and it, and it was a great finish, and everyone was just kind of like, oh, cool, that's that." these are the guys they're going to run with for the next 365 days. But, like, for me, <laughs> yeah. it was even more special than that.
2: You know, the crazy thing, too, is, like, when we were there and it was at that point in our career where, like, I didn't really think, like, wow, we fucking started out together. Sorry, I didn't mean to swear. Uh, You know, I didn't think we
1: (laughs) –
2: We didn't think – I didn't think at the time, like, wow, we started out together. Um, But Punk, we were up at the top of that ladder, and the very last spot was Punk and I were trading blows back and forth, and then I finally hit him – he, he fell off the ladder and I grabbed the briefcase. And in that moment, mm-hmm. he just said to me, he said, you know, under his breath, he said, Wow, we've come a long way since Whitewater, Wisconsin, huh? Don't you think? You know, oh, and it wow. was just kind of a really cool moment.
3: Yeah. But, absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah, that's really cool. Uh, Sean, you were talking about geeking yeah. out watching stuff. Uh, I, I get so, um, <laughs> <laughs> I crack up when you put Grado over. Uh, I think it's so cool that you put him over so much, <laughs> and I think that he's amazing. It's uh, my favorite thing he, to watch. I was, I've never seen him wrestle, yeah. but
0: he's amazing.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think it's really, really cool that you put him over so much. I mean, like, I, um, one it's one of those just things playing. like with,
0: with Grado, I was, it was, I for some reason never heard of the guy. Like, awesome. I should have, you know, like usually if something's good, and he was in TNA at the time, and I guess they're doing the British boot camp thing, and like, yeah. I just hadn't seen any, of it heard of it, so. For some reason, by never hearing of it, I had a like it was like I was seeing it for the first time with no one else's opinion, no one else's input, advice. You know, I didn't have all my buddies are like, dude, you gotta see this guy from Scotland. He's awesome, but like nothing. I'm just like tuned in and I see this thing completely unadulterated with with zero influence of any kind. I'm
1: <laughs> like,
3: this
0: is amazing, and I'm I'm telling the whole world about this guy that just blew me away. And I'm like, dude, you have known about this guy for like two years. <laughs>
3: Yeah, that's, that's
2: awesome.
1: Ken, when who like, are, uh, once,
2: Sean, once Sean sees great wrestle it's going to all be over. No, it will be. I don't need to.
0: It's a very yeah. specific thing that
3: he does in my life, and that is when I'm
0: just like bummed out over stupid things that aren't even worth getting bummed out about, he just makes me laugh, and I go, oh my God, I can't believe I'm bugging yeah, out. Yeah, he
3: is very some, comical some
0: Crap. Yeah. It's not even, it's so insignificant in my life. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, Ken you make a good point. In the ring, um, not not the most technically sound person. Uh, but he doesn't but, need to be. He yeah, he, he's like,
2: not trying to be either. That he doesn't exactly. need to be, and he's not trying to be. Exactly. It would
3: actually ruin
0: it, I think. Like the I, connection I think so too. that he has with the fans is so like. They always try and say like Daniel Bryan is like you know the guy that came out of the crowd like he's like one of us. I'm like, not really. He's kind of the best wrestler in the world. Like, they're not you know there's not a hundred thousand of the best wrestlers in the world just sitting in the stands at WrestleMania. True. But then, like, you know, yeah. but Grado really is like he could be sitting in the front row or he could hop the rail and get in the fence and it's the same guy. That's that's yeah. why I think he has a more real connection. He has the same connection <laughs> to me when I view it that, like, Eugene had, but everyone knew that Eugene was a character. Like,
3: yeah. it, but it,
0: it was like, you know, the character of Eugene was something the crowd was like, oh, he's just like, a, just a guy just chasing his dream. He really, really likes doing this. And, and mm-hmm. Grado's the actual version of that. Obviously, yeah. Eugene has more mental faculties
3: than Grado does, but. Absolutely, (laughs) very true. Speaking of putting people over, uh, both of you, I'm sure, can can put the The Undertaker over leaps and bounds. Uh, Both of you had uh, very uh, interesting uh, moments within within WWE with the Undertaker. Uh, Davari, you had a long string of uh, of uh, being involved with the Undertaker, uh, with Muhammad Hassan. Uh Anderson, you beat the Undertaker. Uh so that was uh that's that's huge. Uh so let's start with Sean. I mean what are your what are your thoughts on The Undertaker and do you think this is it for him?
1: No, I don't think this is
0: it for him. I think this is it for him as far as being having that expectation of working every WrestleMania, but I don't think you I, I don't think that was the last match.
3: Hmm. Good good interesting take. What are your uh what are your experiences with the Undertaker throughout uh just uh you running with them uh, in the WWE and just uh, the feud that you had with them. He was the
0: only other person that I knew that was like, um, he kind of just treated, I, I noticed that the guys that he worked with, he just treated them like equals. And and Kurt Angle would do that too. But I think Kurt understood that he was special than, you know, he, he was like everybody else. I think Kurt just assumed everybody was the same. But I think Taker was very, very well aware that he was head and shoulders above everybody else on the totem pole. But he still mm-hmm. treated the guys he was working with as equals. Mm-hmm.
3: That's, that's, that's so awesome. this
0: is killing me. Do you got some sort of crazy like feedback coming out of this phone or something?
3: Yeah, I, I can hear one of you have like wicked feedback. Yeah, I hear a bunch of feedback coming out of your
2: head there, Sean. I will would yeah. say. Go ahead, Ken. So I'll say that um, um, I I think first of all I'll I'll go on record and say that I believe that that was his last match. I think that's the way that he wanted to go out. I know, like he's just super old school. You know, there's a there's a certain code that a time honored tradition that we follow in the business that when you mm-hmm. have your last match, you you go out looking at the lights. And he did that and, and the fact that he you know took the gloves off and took the hat off and everything and left everything in the center of the ring, I felt like that was him saying, That's it, I'm out. Mm-hmm. And I think it, you know, if that's the case, I think it's fantastic because you know, I heard Penn Gillette once say that you know, uh, was it Frank Sinatra? Frank Sinatra. Just kept going and kept going way beyond his prime. Like, he should have retired. He you should have
3: retired. You know why? Why? Cause he has because to? he did it his way. But, doomps.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, finally, it's like entertaining.
2: <laughs> but, you know, then there's those, there's those performers that go out, I think, at the right time. Like, Austin. Mm-hmm. Austin went out right at the right time. Had he yeah. stuck around, you would have started to see, like, oh, he's getting old, and he's not moving around as, as, True. You know, as yeah. much as he used to be able to. So. Absolutely.
1: So, hey, let me rephrase that. Sorry,
0: go ahead, Ken.
2: No, no, no go ahead, because I was going to go on to something completely different.
0: I was going to say, don't, I, I agree with Ken 100%. That is Undertaker's intentions. He believes this is his last match. This is the way he wants to go out. I also know Vince McMahon and Vince McMahon has every year since Shawn Michaels retired, called him to come back and do a match. And Shawn has said, no, He also has Steve to do a match and Steve has said, no, I know the relationship between taken and, and Vince. And I think Vince calls him and says, Hey, I want you to have a match. I don't know that undertaker is going to say no, just because he's, you know, Kurt will tell the awesome story that Taker was uh, sleeping on a flight once and him and Vince were fucking uh, wrestling around. And, uh, and you know, uh, they were just playing around like wrestling, but, you know, kind of shooting in the aisle. And he said, Taker was asleep, and he wakes up, and he saw uh, Kurt on top of Vince, and he thought it was like an actual fight. He choked, you know, Kurt out. Like, that That's kind of like his loyalty to Vince, or, or when there was like, maybe a possibility of Sean not wanting to do a job for Steve at that WrestleMania um, 14. Mm-hmm. You know, Taker was a guy on standby to, to make, make, you know, make them do business, uh, because that's kind of like his loyalty to Vince. Yeah. It was my understanding. Well, I, I wasn't there for any of it. So I feel yeah. like if that same phone call comes that Sean says no to, that O says no to, that Rick Flair says no to, uh, I don't know that Taker will say no. If the phone call doesn't come, I, I do think Taker did that with last night.
3: Hmm. I think that's a good I think both of you make very good points. I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna side more with Ken on this one just because I think be, i I think because of that, I think since Taker's such a company guy, I think I think Taker. And I've said this on my show like a week or two ago. I think Taker had everything to do. Well, I had well last week because it was at, on at, right after Taker lost. Um, I think Taker had everything to do with the match being on last. I think he had everything to do with Roman Reigns being the guy he wanted to put over. I think he had everything to do with just the the, the ceremonial. Uh, exit that he had. I I, I agree with Ken. I, I think that Taker really wanted to put Reigns over, and I think that uh, he wanted it. He lobbied. He probably lobbied that to put it the last match, Jr. to call it. And I think, I think I, I'm, you, I'm agreeing with you.
0: I'm agreeing with everything you're saying. I'm saying that is 100% his intentions. I'm saying mm-hmm. two years from now, when Vince calls him and says, "I need you for a match," that I
2: yeah. Mm. But one of the things that Taker has been uh, regardless of what he's been asked to do, one of the things that he's really been good at is protecting his character and protecting yeah. his sort of legacy. And even when he's asked to do silly things from time to time, I think, he, I think he would have balls to say no. It wouldn't even be balls. It would just be like, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that, and here's yeah. why. He would rationalize and make sense. I feel like if he would come back now, after he basically hung his boots up in the ring. In my opinion, it should have been done that way. It should have been – they should have slid a stool into him and he should have taken his boots off and left his boots in the ring because they always say, like, yeah. like you know, we're going to hang up the boots, whatever, right? But whatever, that's just me you know, playing armchair quarterback. But I feel like if he were to come back now, it would be sort of um, – people wouldn't take him as seriously.
0: I agree. You know, I wouldn't believe him. I got it. Like, what, what, what WrestleMania just happened? Thirty-three, thirty-four. Yeah, thirty-three. Thirty-three was the thirty-three. Yeah. So Wait, 35, was it? 35 after. I bet you we'll see a tanker match.
3: Uh, see, I see. Here's the thing. I think Ken makes a good, a lot of good points because we saw that with Flair. When you know, I think it was a great Send off with Flair with Michaels, and then every single Flair match after that, people were just like, again. Again, you know, what I mean, like, and I'm a huge Jay Lethal fan. He put over Jay Lethal, but still, it was one of those things where, you know, Flair was like, ah, you, know, you know, we we don't want to see Flair again after that big send off. Like we like people want to see Michaels in a in the ring again, but people like me respect the heck out of Michaels because he keeps saying though, no. like like 26 was. 26. That was it for him. Like seven years ago was was it. He hasn't wrestled in seven years. So I'm a I'm a big fan know, of it. I don't think so either. I agree. I don't think so either. And, and with that same logic with Michaels, I think it's with Taker, especially because he's the guy who wants like he like Ken said. I think he wants to protect his character. He's never on in interviews. He never tweets. You no, know, he 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 embodies just really protecting your character. Not and I and I agree with. That real quick uh let's let's get into uh jbl let's start with uh mr uh, sean davari uh you know if it, you don't have to be um uh in the know too much to know that uh there has been a firestorm of uh, media attention on uh mario rinaldo who's i think is a fantastic announcer um uh, there was uh, a an interview that he had on bringing to the table, and reportedly some other things that sparked Winalo. Uh, 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 I'm about to become a doctor in psychology and, and have a second master's in, in clinical mental health counseling. So, depression and bipolar, those are things that uh, you can never, you know, you can never make fun of, um, and, and those are very, very serious things. And and from from what I heard, um, from from all the reports there were t- there were talks that uh the the JBL comments sparked um another another episode of of his the depression um what were the which, comments
2: what were the comments
3: i
1: yeah.
3: uh, uh, i wrote about it he he it was on bring it to the table um i have to look it up real quick live here but um he he said he he said something i don't know exactly what the comments were uh verbatim but it was about uh him tweeting um it was about him tweeting marwanalo was tweeting a lot he i mean he tweets a lot i mean he, he tweets a lot about just stuff outside the wwe as far as like celebrities and things like that he retweets um just different things he he was voted announcer of the year uh for the wrestling observer uh and Basically, JBL said that it was an internet poll. Uh, he didn't want to, you know, call the poll out from, for what it was. And um, he was just basically saying that uh, he hates that he, you know, he, he uses Twitter so much and and and, and does that. So that I, I'll find the, I'll find it. Um, I as we already discuss- did.
0: and the time it took you to not get to the point, I read the whole interview.
3: <laughs> Did you you read you read the thing? Oh, okay, I actually have it here from from my piece that I wrote a couple of days ago. He I read says three Carl, different articles about it in the time and you not what, happened. <laughs> uh, what happened? I was it's, see it, I'm live and I've been doing this podcast. It's called Filler, Sean. See, Ken has a podcast. He knows what I, he he knows what I was doing. Uh, <laughs> but he says he says the see, man. See
2: now the thing is is that Sean is extraordinary at multitasking. So he can have a conversation with two different people at once and read, a, or he can type, look up a, an article on the internet and do something else on a different device at the same time.
3: That's awesome. I just did that. I just found the quote too. It says, quote, uh, I, the man has a hundred and eighty something thousand tweets, and by the time this show airs, maybe two hundred something thousand. That is a problem, okay? And he retweets some internet poll. We have what two million people who watch SmackDown in the United States alone, and you have inter- some internet poll with twelve people on it, uh, which is not an internet poll with twelve people on it, but uh, it, it's the you know David Milter, Wrestling Observer. Um, he was an of excuse me he was announcer of the year and JBL was has been voted one of the worst announcers of the year within the past couple of years and um oh, is you it know that, that that yeah uh well JBL's been voted one of the worst announcers and Ronaldo was the uh was the best oh, really? so, yeah I, like, I think John's I like okay I, yeah I don't I don't think he's I don't think he's the worst personally but um uh, uh, a lot of people are getting tired of it because they think it's uh, dated. But um.
2: well, like, uh, so here, like, and I don't want to talk about because I don't know the guy personally. And I don't want to say that like he's a you kind know, of, I'm gonna forth the criticism that I don't mean that he's a bad person, but like, I, his announcing actually drives me crazy. But that that fake wrestling that. Bad, old school radio announcer voice, like, drives me insane.
3: Mamma uh, mia! Every, <laughs> oh!
2: You know, it's it's that, uh, I don't know what it is, but radio people, they go to college, and they they must take a class on how to have that voice. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if That's they... Oh, Transatlantic. Like that. What's that?
0: It's called Transatlantic. It was a dialect they created, and that. Uh, like her transition from England to the United States, they made that dialect for radio because they couldn't get coast to coast. So people in the South and the East and the North, they all can understand each other. And this transatlantic mm-hmm. dialect was invented for the radio. So somebody you would know that it's a, like a celebrity person, like someone super smart. They used to teach it in, a, in private schools. And, and when, if you were like, you know, rich and stuff. So that way radio that would go from the East coast to the West coast, everybody could understand it, even though there's different dialects in like the 1920s. Wow, that's crazy. That's why you have ever watched. That's why you have
3: people. Like, that's why you, that's you have Serena. people like. That's why you have people like Casey Kasem.
2: Oh, right, right. But I feel like that is good. that that we don't need that anymore. We don't need to. Everybody understands it pretty, pretty much, right?
0: No, yeah, of course. It's so stupid of It's one of those things that me and Ken always talk about. It's just it's the way it's done now. So all we do is just keep doing it the way it's done instead of throwing out the playbook and starting over.
3: I I guess I guess you know I've been a journalist for a while so I, I look at it from different lenses. I, I I like it. I still like it as a fan. Um just because not necessarily that dialect, I like the passion that comes that comes with that. Like with JR, he has that southern drawl and it's not necessarily a radio voice, but there's still so much passion in it that mm-hmm. you, you you engulf people and they, they, they feel the energy. Like with people, well, that's just like, it.
2: He doesn't have, he still has that – you can still have that passion. And he doesn't have mm-hmm. that radio voice.
3: He's mm-hmm. just got yeah. a
2: regular he voice. The way that yeah. JBL or the way that um, JR talks when he's excited about something in real life mm-hmm. is the way that he talks when he's on the radio or when he's doing his podcast when he's calling a match.
3: Yeah. But when I see when I when I when I hear people like Michael Cole, and I'm not I'm not anti Michael Cole, uh, but and I'm not anti Tom Phillips. I think Tom Phillips has actually grown a lot. Um, but just as far as like play by play, I'm just not a big fan because I don't feel the energy that I that I've gotten with 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 J R for so long and. You know, even with – I wasn't the biggest Gordon Sully fan, but he was so memorable to me when he would, you know, oh, the belly a belly soup play, you know. And I just – it was just like just the passion and the energy as opposed to this is just another city, this is just another arena, and I'm just doing my job. You know, JR has even said that before. I've been to live Q&As with him, and I love just soaking in what he has to say. And, you know, he's talked about that with wrestlers and announcers and things like that, just coming in and just clocking in and clocking out. You can feel that with with wrestlers and announcers. And I think with Mauro, to me, you know, I I didn't feel that. I felt like he was a mark. Oh, no, he's
2: definitely not punching the clock. No,
3: he's definitely not
2: punching the clock. You can tell. Right. Exactly. He's putting effort into it. I'm not. I'm but just I understand your
3: point, though. I do understand your point, though. I I I definitely understand. So so so, Ken, what are your what are your thoughts on just uh, based on that, based on the information that's, uh, that that I, I just stated, and just uh, your experience with JBL? What were your thoughts?
2: I, you know what? I mean, he was a guy that he's old school and he protects. You know, he his. Concept was to protect the business from Mm -hmm. goofs getting involved in the business and people. um, He would say something to somebody like, "I just read something that Justin Roberts that
1: yeah, the past he always
2: called him. You know, he also did a bunch of other stuff. He called him names and told him that he should kill himself every day or whatever. Like, right, he would say stuff like that." Um. But the minute somebody would fire back at him, or just no sell it, like it would be fine. He wouldn't keep hammering. It was. I I I don't know. I'm not saying that his way is right, but people are really really sensitive nowadays to everything.
1: Hmm. Interesting. insane. Uh,
0: like I, I don't. Me and John have a different sense of humor, but both of it, the central part of it, as far as what's entertaining to us, is just making somebody miserable. My The mm. way I make somebody miserable is different than the way that John makes someone miserable. But when somebody no-sells me, it just takes all the fun out of it for me, and I stop, because I, I go find another victim. <laughs> and it's one of those things that when, whenever I hear stuff about John being a bully to whoever and the specific names that come out, like, I, I don't know what he did to Justin Roberts, but, uh, you know, whenever John was a bully to... Where someone would say is being a bully It's because the person that he was quote unquote Bullying was trying so hard to get over With him I'm just like dude not everyone's Going to like you John just maybe he doesn't Like Like you don't have to be you don't have to Prove your point and defend you Know if he says you're a dork and he hates you You don't have to prove to him you're not a dork And that he should like you just let it go Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah that's a good point yeah, selling for me is the best thing on the
0: planet. If somebody sells for me, I will stay on that. I will beat a dead horse, like I'll bring it back to life, resuscitate it, and then kill it again. I heard a story yeah.
2: once. Paul Heyman told me this story about how JBL was needling Edge on a bus overseas. And needling him. Edge was pretty new to the company, needling him needling mm-hmm. and needling, him and, needling him. and Edge sort of JBL had a beer in his hand, a bottle of beer or a can. And JBL, and uh, Edge just stood up and like swatted the beer out of his hand and said, Let's go right now. I'm, I'm sick of it. And from that going on, you know, JBL was like, Oh, calm down, calm down, sweetheart. Um, and then everything was smooth over and he didn't mess with them ever ever, ever again.
3: Hmm. I think that can was the you with two, um, can any can any of you two recall a time being there that someone stood up like that? I, did I, did, did I
0: had, uh, Yeah, Joey Style did uh I mean, a bunch of people uh, did. It, it, you, don't, John, you don't hear that. Johnny Mundo,
2: um,
1: Johnny. Yeah, Nitro. Uh, yeah, John Morrison.
2: Nitro stood yeah. mm-hmm. up to him one night. There was something JDL um, didn't like the way that him and Miz had sold at the end of their match, or how they had celebrated. They hadn't celebrated enough, furiously enough, or whatever. So he was, he was angry, and he was kind of getting up, and uh, Johnny just basically. Snapped at him and told him to mind his own business, and they almost went at it. And,
1: mm. you,
2: know, John, the thing is, you is, like you John, John's very vocal; he's very mm-hmm. opinionated. Yeah, but it, it's not like uh, I, don't, I don't know. He is. It, it's not like an insurmountable thing. You mm-hmm. Just stand up to him, or just ignore it, and it'll go away. Like Sean said before, you know, the ones that just kept getting harassed were the ones that just
0: kept going back for more.
3: Yeah, interesting. Sean, you said you had a – you said you stood up to him one time?
0: Well, I wasn't even standing up to him. It was just he – like, I don't remember the exact scenario. I actually forgot it even happened. Ken just brought it to my attention a couple, like, days ago. But we were like, you know – Sometimes uh, when you go overseas, it's a eight you leave you, from when you leave your house to when you get home is an 18 day loop for the overseas tours, and we were like day you know 13 or 14 or 15 into an 18 day loop, and John was in it, uh, it, it was
2: day. It was day 18. It,
0: it might have been like the last night of the loop, yeah. And then uh, we come back, and and you know in those days you're miserable, you're tired, you just want to shower and get on the bus and get the hell out of there. Mm-hmm. So you know whoever's on last usually they come back to an empty an empty you know locker room a empty building and and for some reason that night I probably just because it had been going on all trip and, sh- and stuff and then I, I wasn't by the monitor watching the main event which John was in I guess and then he came back and he just made a just picked me as his target a bunch of people weren't watching but me specifically goes Sean Navari doesn't need to watch the main event Sean Navari knows everything about everything in wrestling Sean doesn't Sean doesn't have to watch the main event he's good he's got it and I said, no, you've been doing the same match 17 nights in a row. I could call every single move you did. I could tell you exactly what happened. I could tell you what beats you took for the crowd to get involved. Like, I seen it. Like, no, I don't need to watch it tonight. And then actually, it was the night before. Uh, I think Benoit and Eddie were, or not Benoit and Eddie, Benoit and Ray were tagging. And I, I was glued to the monitor for that one in the main event. I was excited to see it. We hadn't seen it in the last, you know, 15 days. So, mm-hmm. And I said that to him. And then. It, the only reason I said it like that was because it was in front of other people. If he pulled me aside and privately said it to me, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have, you know, I, 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 sorry, John, um, I'll make sure to watch next time. But if no. he calls me out in front of everybody, I said exactly what it was the case and true. It wasn't, I wasn't fabricating nothing. And what yeah. did he come back? The only thing he could retort with would be a lie. And he did not and it was over.
3: Hmm. Very interesting.
0: But what I'm wow. saying is I know a bunch of guys that would be like, no 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 John, I was watching it. Yeah. I wasn't in the shower. No, I saw the whole thing. Uh-huh. So, no, no. I mean you know, if you put it over, then it gives them something to play with. Yeah,
3: yeah, oh. yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Ken.
1: Oh right. that's that's exactly what i was going calling.
3: call hmm Wow. Wow. yeah, good stuff. You know, I uh, I
2: I will say that like that that kind of harassment and needling and I don't know, whatever you want to call it, that hazing is sort of gone away in the business. Mm-hmm.
0: It's non-existent.
2: Yeah, it doesn't exist anymore. It's, it's you know, the, the locker rooms are very safe places to be. They're good places to be.
3: Yeah, I've um, heard that.
2: Yeah. You got wrestlers come from all walks of life. You got in our, in our own wrestling school here at the academy, we have people who are ex-drug addicts, you know, recovering drug addicts who, um, We've got a guy that works for you know, the main office uh, in, in Target, in corporate. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got, you know, our youngest student is 16 years old. Our oldest student is 40 years old. And we all come from all different walks of life. And I think it's, it's one of the only places that I've ever been where though like, truly isn't a lot of, um, you know, where there's just, these tight-knit little groups, like, everybody tends to hang on with everybody. Yeah. Of course, you get your smaller groups that split off because you're riding together or whatever, but, like, everybody tends to get along.
3: Mm-hmm. That's great. That's awesome. You said the oldest is 40 years old. Is the boogeyman lying about his age again? I'm 30. No, he lost <laughs> 30. is <I'm> shoot 40. <laughs> How old are you? 30, 30, uh, 40. Boogie, okay. I'll
2: tell you what, boogeyman, he must be 50 50 something now yeah. and he looks fantastic he looks the same i just him this last weekend and
3: he's still in great shape that's awesome that's really awesome one more time plug the academy let them know where it is let them know the site and you've uh you've already explained the success but uh but for those who are i get a whole lot of listeners and so anyone across the i've gotten I've, I've looked at numbers. And I have people. I don't know who you recruit, but I've got people. A lot of people who listen from the UK as well. So I don't, I don't know. Uh, hey, I'll tell you one thing,
1: dude.
0: Like when, when I say success, the success is going to be for the kids. I, I don't. I, I, all that stuff I was, you know, joking about at the beginning. Like the, the, the success is going to be for the kids. Like me and Ken really aren't getting that much out of this yet. Obviously, for us, it's a business endeavor, and obviously, it's great to do a job you love, and we love doing yeah. this. I, I always tell the kids, like, dude, just pretend. Hypothetically speaking, we go out of business tomorrow. What do you want to get out of this? You can get anything mm-hmm. you want out of this place. Like, take advantage of it.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So, what's the what's the social media? What's the uh, what's the website? So you can. The website
2: is theacademyprowrestling.com. dot com, and um, you can. If we have tons of information on the site about our training, about our basic curriculum. And when I say curriculum, it's just, um, you know, when from from time to time, when we really get started, we get started, uh, you know, rocking and rolling in the class, we just, hey, what do you guys want to learn today? Let's learn some new stuff. And a couple of goggles, go out, different things. And, you know, so um, <clears throat> we, we cover all aspects of the business from mm-hmm. your character development, to the way that you conduct yourself as a business professional, how you go about seeking employment from, you know, the WWE, TNA to mm-hmm. local indie promotion. Yeah. We try to help you figure out, you know, how to get your name out there, and how to promote yourself. And we cover, obviously, mm-hmm. we cover promos. We have a specific area upstairs where we watch promos. We cut promos. We have a big... Um, giant projector where we watch uh, that's hooked up to the WWE network, mm-hmm. and we just watch, and watch matches and dissect things and break everything down. So, yeah, go to the theacademyprowrestling.com and you awesome. can sign up for a thirty-minute uh, free session where you come in and just basically sit down with Sean and Sean and I, and we show you around and talk about how you uh, want to go about achieving your dreams.
3: Awesome. You can also reach us
2: on um, on Twitter and Facebook. I'm sorry. Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. It's all the Academy Pro Wrestling, I believe. Correct, Sean?
0: Yep. Everything is the Academy Pro Wrestling, except for the Twitter is the Academy S-O-P-W, which stands for the School of Professional Wrestling. You can also find us on AOL and CompuServe on Web TV. We also have a uh, MySpace page coming up soon. Oh, Wow. Yeah, so we're on the cusp of things.
3: Are you revamping MySpace?
0: <laughs> revamping? This is a new thing, man. We're, you can find us on altavista.com. You can search for us wow. on Micros.
3: Nice. Excite. That is awesome. All these Netscape?
0: Things. MSN Web TV.
3: <laughs> Web TV. <laughs> yeah. Are you,
0: Are you going to be on, a... so
3: gonna gonna be on Netscape have... as well? What's that? Are you going to be on Netscape as well?
0: No, we can't afford
1: that stuff. Oh, oh. okay. All right.
3: All right, well, let's, let once again, ladies and gentlemen, the School of Professional Wrestling, Sean Navari, Ken Anderson. Now, here's the thing you've been on three times now. I think you guys are like the Steve Martins uh, of SNL of the Pancakes and Power Sam show. So, um, are I tend, uh, no, <laughs> it, it's like
0: we're in the three like, times
3: thing it's one of those things like you know the five timers club you know like on on uh, on SNL a big SNL buff from like 87 to like 90 like 99 and uh like Dan Aykroyd and um you know uh, uh Belushi um the the brother was a part of the the cast and died but the 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 uh, other brother um was yet yeah, but Jim and John right uh yeah, and yeah, so yeah. Yeah, so you had, so, so like, uh, Eddie, Steve Eddie, Martin, Eddie, yeah, well, he was a part of the cast, uh, and the, but you had like five timers, like, um, uh, who's the guy, uh, Alec Baldwin, he's like a five-timer now, I think, uh, and so I think that Ken Anderson and Sean Dabari, uh, will be approaching the five-timers club, uh, for the Panthers right. and PowerSlam show, so, um, You'll I'm see looking on the forward time to it. Ken will make
0: sure to take his gloves off in the center of the podcast. And
2: uh, yes.
3: then we get to go. <laughs> you sort of take <laughs> your boots off too. Yeah, yeah. Sounds good. you right. Well thanks uh, for
2: having real, us on. I appreciate it.
3: Real quick, real quick, here's my I just thought about this. I was just about to close, but I just thought about this. So are you both still wrestling dates? Or are you are you both kind of uh uh going into your retirement phase?
2: Uh I am not. I am still wrestling, still actively wrestling wrestle just about every weekend.
3: Hmm. Um I just saw I, a I, I am
0: taking bookings when I want to. Not,
3: mm-hmm.
0: not trust me. My phone's not ringing off the hook, but when bookings come in that I want to do, I do them. Like I got a handful okay. coming up, and then. Um, but but right now, I'm, I'm I. It's kind of a good thing for me because I'm, I'm not super healthy, but I'm way better than I was a couple months ago. So like I, mm-hmm. I feel like this summer I could be able to try and make an effort of of you know accepting more bookings.
3: Okay. Good. All right, so listeners uh, who are bookers, you, you heard you heard that there. Uh, I just saw a video. I, I asked the question, but it's funny. I just saw a video recently of Ken Anderson. Uh, you were a champion of something. There was a video that was going viral, and you were like, I think you were like going back and forth with a kid or something. I like super the midget. Yeah, yeah, the midget. Yeah, that's what it was. I thought that was absolutely mm-hmm. hilarious. Yeah, that was funny. I actually shared it on my uh on my Facebook page Facebook page. That was hilarious. One of the best things I've
2: ever done in my career. First the one was with the midget at WrestleMania.
1: Uh-huh.
3: One of the
2: most memorable moments of my career. And uh just recently a few weeks ago when I got the super kicked that that kid he was. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. It was a lot of
3: fun. Yeah. It was hilarious. All right, Ken, Sean, thank you so much for uh being on the show, man. Looking forward to having y'all again. Yep.
0: Thank you for having us.
3: Thank you. Have a good night. See you. Bye, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening. What a wonderful interview, as always, as expected. Ken Anderson, Sean Devari, some really, really good, interesting things about uh, their their time with the uh, Undertaker and their stories with JBL. it was been something fun, and uh, and we got it. So thank you so much uh, for. Ken Anderson and Sean Navari, once again, they win the Pancakes and Power Slam Show Award of the only two wrestlers that's ever been on my show three times in five years. So congratulations to them, and uh, looking forward to having them again, you know, soon, and uh, there's the, there's always things to talk about. Um, they're going to be uh, hopefully five timers, <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, we got we got still got an action packed show. Let's bring on the co-host with the most, Evan Tech Proud of Under the Mat Radio. How are you tonight, sir?
4: going <clears throat> good, man. Pat. That's, that's life, right? few days, always busy days for us. Absolutely. Good,
3: good to hear. Good to hear. Uh, good
4: to hear our good old brother Ken Anderson. Um, yeah, it's funny like. I don't know if you got to, uh, if you got to see him from his phone, but uh, I did see Ken at the VIP party at Nash's. Uh, he was working there, but I wasn't able to see hi to him. But good to see that Ken and you Sean know. are doing good as always. Yeah, and I didn't
1: he, get
4: well, to see know, him. You know, I think he came in late. I think once you yeah. left, um, mm-hmm. I think Ken came in like a little later. I did get to see him, and, um, but, uh, and I don't know. I didn't see Sean at all, but Ken's a good guy. I know Sean's a good guy, too.
3: It mm-hmm. to hear that. Oh yeah Both of them are, are really Really cool people I'm um, actually Ken and I are actually Been talking Because he actually Has a podcast too And uh um, yeah, told me Yeah And, and yeah and, and you You told me That he was there When I was about to leave I still had some work to do um, And so yeah When I left I didn't get a chance I was just I was tired. I was, and I still had things to do, and I was ready to go. Oh yeah! uh, But it was it was it was it was a very very fun uh, evening, very very fun weekend. Um, But yeah, yeah, it was it was good. Uh, Ken has a podcast, and uh, um, you know it's funny because Gunner told when I interviewed Gunner a few years ago, Gunner was saying how cool Ken was. It's like. As you know and as many listeners know, I think just about every listener know I'm I'm very uh local with my strong Christianity and, and, and Ken yep. is is an atheist and so
4: a, very, the opposite.
3: Yeah. We've had some very respectful and civil conversations over Facebook. Oh. We we chat on Facebook just leisurely, uh, and uh, he actually interviewed he actually offered to for me to come on his podcast to discuss that. Um, and uh yeah, so the offer's there and we're we're trying to figure out a date and so looking forward to it. Um just to and he, you know, he's very respectful toward my beliefs and um and and he's open to listen, you know, and I and <laughs> when, when, when we talked about that about him about me coming on his podcast, I, I said, you know, I've been in ministry for a long time and I've had many, many conversations with atheists, so that's definitely not nothing new, but
1: I'm always yeah. willing
3: to talk to someone who is willing to listen, not not, you know, having a conversation just to debate and just to go back and forth. So I'm not, you know, I I don't have time for that. Uh, I have time for just open conversation. So
4: he's willing to do it. There's a conversation based upon uh, just hearing the other person's viewpoint of why they feel how they feel, why their viewpoints are what it is, and Mm -hmm. as far as this informative and as as far as the educational role. Of course, it's no harm done, but... Once like you start yep. going into the schematics of the arguing, who's right, who's wrong. <laughs> you know. who's got There's no time for that. Like I know nope. Ken told me, told me, we interviewed him about his podcast, and like you, I've been I've talked to them all. Even I, I I'm even called you with someone who's a certified witch. Hmm. So, uh, and, and I, you um, know, I don't really talk about my personal like much, but I just a few weeks ago gave her a ride home. I ran into her. At the supermarket, and she always was nice to her, and her mom, and you know mm-hmm. she was great for Catholic, but you know we have we have like you know we have our conversations here and there. But at the end of the day, I know if she knows if she needed something, I'll be there for. So if I needed something, she'll be there. So, everyone was you know making the world go around. We have a lot mm-hmm. of different different ways. It's like the, the business, the people, you know what's right and what's wrong, and um, different styles, but. No, just everybody
1: out. As long as
3: anybody's listening, then that's cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I, I definitely, um, I'm looking forward to that platform uh, to share the gospel. I mean, I'm looking forward to it, and it's, it's, I'm excited about it. <clears throat> I really am. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to preach or anything, but yeah, I'm just going to, you know, share my personal testimony and and lay down the facts as the facts are interpreted and. Yeah. <laughs> There you go so uh we'll see i will I'll definitely give people i'll definitely let people uh say you know keep people updated on that and um there you go so without further ado ladies and gentlemen, here are the headlines here we go <laughs> you know it's so funny because uh uh, there's a there's a, a delay uh, and I you know I'm a perfectionist <laughs> when it comes to live TV when it comes to live yes. well this a perfectionist period but um, especially it when did. it comes to the podcast because we actually have advertisers and there's money coming in and things like that it's so funny and I just love things to be just so. You know, buy the book and just you know, you yeah. know, just, just, just know follow and feel. things like that. I can't stand dead air, <laughs> so when that happens, yeah. good... yeah, it, it's funny. Yeah, but it's funny because it reminds me of uh, uh, one of our uh, staff members of Crave Wrestling. Uh, what the uh, actually man, a good friend of mine. Uh, he was a co-host here for four years, Derek. Uh, we actually talked uh, a few times. We 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 uh, conversed, and he just. He wished all the best to the Pancakes and Power Sam show because of his schedule. Uh, he he co-hosts for four years and uh, had to change his schedule and uh, he's not on the show now. But he's just you know doing uh, just very supportive of the uh, of the show. And he you know he talks about I talked to him last week. He was talking about how he just he's so sad that he can't come on the show uh, anymore. But uh, <laughs> it's funny because. Every time there was some type of glitch at all, you know he, you know he would do this thing. He was like intern, you know he would he would go to an intern. <laughs> it is so funny, you know. Five <laughs> years later, there was for for those who listening, you know list, listen five years ago or have listened to archives. Every time he would say intern. Spoiler alert! Breaking news: there was never an intern. But that was so cool to say. <laughs> that uh, yeah, was cool. So, what I thought about when he said, when, when, when that happened, and that was that glitch glitch. There, First thing I thought was, intern! I <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Still,
4: that was really cool.
3: Delay. That's, <laughs> right. That's death. Yeah. That's, 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 <laughs> that's Right. Delay. That dead air is like, oh, no. But, uh. Yeah, all you all you advertisers, you're good to go. It's it's, it's it was a, it was a great interview and it's a great show. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Nia Jax botches a shoulder breaker. Oh man, I have that up on the Craig Rusting uh, Facebook page. Oh I man, I had to take the video and put that up on the page because when I saw that, I said, here's the thing. Now I've always I've been critical of Nia Jax. I think that she has a lot of potential. I think the fact that she's like a very large, monstrous style female competitor is really good for, for WWE because that can draw a lot of heat and make someone really, really over that they want to make as a baby face. Right. So she, she's, she's right. perfect. She has the perfect, the, the presentation is perfect. I've, I've been very critical of the, the wardrobe. I do not like the wardrobe at all, but her, as a figure, is great. I think she did really good in NXT of putting Bailey over when they had that match takeover, and Bailey won with with the chokehold. I think that was great. That really made Bailey, you know, shine as a babyface. But on Raw, I mean, there, there's just so much greenness in Nia Jax, and it's very apparent and she's not i mean she's so awkward with just her moves she's not fluid at all and you know and it's one of those things that i i know that Nia Jax is happy for the she's happy for the the opportunity but it's one of those things like i i if i had any pull in the WWE i would have not allowed Nia Jax to come up to the main roster because not because she's not good, because it's premature. J- just like Dana Brooke, premature, yeah. and both of them have potential, but it's just so premature. It was such a bad idea to, yeah. to bring them up to the main roster, and they <laughs> need to develop. They need to work on the yeah. craft before because their characters. You know, you know, back in the day, both of the both of the both of us are very traditionalists. We watched decades of wrestling. You know, back in the day. Yeah you would have wrestlers that weren't good wrestlers at all, but their characters were strong enough right, that they could get away. It, right. You know what I mean? They could get away with right. without being good wrestlers. I mean, Andre the Giant was never known as a good wrestler, but he's one of the most popular wrestlers of all time just because of his you, character being so strong. But with... You know what I mean? So she's back, got so much to back, go. But back then, you had the territory,
4: and... Right. Some of these guys, we were, by the time we would see these guys on TV, whether it be Mid-South or Deep South mm-hmm. or Texas or Georgia, even uh, WWE or WWF or yep. WWF then, W-A. some of these guys then NWA, some of these guys had eight, five, eight, nine years of working on a territory that we didn't even right. know before they even got on camera and they had, you got to wrestle around the world with different styles, you know. Look at Jerry Lawler. A lot of four kids you know Jerry Lawler's a college kid. And they had no idea of the history that Lawler's done with. Um, he was huge in Memphis. Huge, wh- wh- he, huge in Memphis, you know him, him mm. and him and So okay. um, it, 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 it shows that, it shows this. It, it shows that the state of WWE is animating these stars. They're mm-hmm. struggling to make new women's stars, female stars, that's why you have to pull it's like baseball, you know, I'm a huge baseball fan. It's like baseball, if if a lot of your main guys are gone, sometimes you have to call up somebody from triple A or even double A mm-hmm. to the main roster. No, they may not be ready but they gotta for that spot. They just gotta learn on the go. If anybody listening they don't understand how baseball works, of course you yeah, have the major leagues who's at the top. You have the minor leagues, you have triple A, which is the level right before the majors. You have double A, which is under that. You have A ball, which is single, which is A ball, just like the lower of the lows. So it's the same way with WWE. Their women division, it's like who do you really have? You got the blast split, so then you got to split what Do you have coming on. The Raw and Now Nia Jax, I think she's a pretty monster. She has a good look. I hate the outfit. She and we talked about this on the show earlier tonight, and, and was laughing because my staff was putting a, uh, memes about it, laughing. And then she's like it's funny. She's not like most girls. She she almost killed Charlotte, and it's like that's the golden girl. That's 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 yeah. Ricky Flair's daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 it's not just that. Charlotte is good in the ring. Um, she has the presence. She she she's an attractive lady. She can wrestle, <laughs> and she almost killed her with the shoulder break. I'm looking like this. Oh my God! Yeah, on yeah. I, I thought and I didn't she know. She rolled over.
3: She rolled over. Right. fell on her head, and how she fell, her body weight went forward. So forward, like, right, her her head and her body were almost touched each other. It was terrible.
4: And, and and not only that, I part I didn't I didn't even know about it today that uh my correspondent told for Emphasis the Queen because they had left uh left my room for a second, um, the room I was about to roll on, is that she didn't catch Charlotte. Charlotte went for the for the moon, so I did go back and watch it before the show. She yep. didn't catch Charlotte. Charlotte in mm-hmm. her face. It's like mm-hmm. open your arms. You have to catch catch 'em. It was like the Phil Smith thing when he didn't catch take him in 25. It's like that's so bad for me because one let's be honest. She says she's a Samoan. She's not going nowhere. She's not. She has the unique look that WWE needs because all the other women they're pretty, they look nice, they they're pretty, they're small model chicks. So you you gotta have you gotta have that that, that one eighty, you gotta have the chick. That's the opposite. You have Nia Jax, and mm-hmm. who else right now in the roster do you have that looks different? I mean, uh, they brought Tamina out, SmackDown, down, which is green, and, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, she keeps showing up and leaving and showing up and leaving. You know, of course, you know, I was feeling like that. So, like you said, with Nia Jax, it's so bad for me. But, hey, Featherstone, it could have been another Jackie Gaten for Stratus.
1: Uh... You can't get no
4: worse than that. <laughs> And I have oh. that. He can't get no worse than that.
3: Oh, oh, man. Jackie <laughs> Gator and Trish <Trent> Stratus. <laughs>
4: you, you, you can, you, it could be worse. It could be Jackie Gator or it could be Gail Kim when she first showed up in WWE when she got knocked out cold oh. first match on Raw. Oh, that's so,
3: another it, one. <laughs> that's another one. <laughs> no way. Oh,
1: man.
3: <laughs> it's, it's Gail Kim yeah. knockout. <clears throat> yeah uh, pre surgery uh but <laughs> uh yeah, Matt sidell, yeah. um uh, there there was i wrote a piece on uh, Matt sidell and uh he he said that he was asked if he was gonna go to the w w e uh, does he prefer going to w w e and uh, he said i prefer new japan of course uh his relationship with new japan uh, soured as of last September when he got arrested for
4: yeah, we have
3: some. Yeah, having some things in, that his car, having some, uh, <laughs> in his car, having uh, some enhancements in his car. he's addicted to it.
4: <laughs> addicted
3: enhancements. Yeah, man. I mean, he's got. He's he's had some violations. Of WWE, multiple violations. Of WWE. He's a he's a he's i a, um, I've talked to him on the phone outside of my interview that I had with him about a year and a half ago. Uh, he's 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 a he's an eccentric guy. He, really yeah, he is. is. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, um, right. Yeah, he's 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 a uh, he's an eccentric guy. Eccentric. Uh, not a, not you know from from my interaction, not not a bad guy. I love this you know. He, he, I was listening to his interview today actually that I had with him, and uh, really really good you know takes on the wrestling business, um, mm-hmm. and you know he's been doing this for seventeen years. And it's funny because he's younger than I am I And mean, he's been doing it for 17 years uh, And you know, he's, he's, got, he's got some time I think he's sort of like 15, 16 years old Um, So, you know, he, he knows He knows his stuff But it's like Can't get, the, can't get his hands off that weed, man So he's yeah. you know, He's got to lay off the weed And, uh, you know, hopefully Hopefully New Japan picks him back up Because he's a great hand I think he I think he's very underrated. I love watching him in the ring. Um, yeah. He's, you know, I think when ECW was still around, they were pushing him. He was beating like Mark Henry. And uh, I remember him fighting Tony Atlas, you know, but they, <laughs> yeah. they really wanted to, to, to make him somebody. Uh, of course, El- they were making, he was kind of like in the middle of the road and then the airborne really helped them out. Yeah. Um, I I you know I, he went sour to me when he just beat Jericho randomly. Uh that was that was terrible to me. But Jericho's always that guy like you see somebody obviously he saw something in, in Evan Bourne to to make him, you know, put him over. It, it was no storyline nothing. I mean I, I just wish Jericho is like Austin a lot of times like just, you know, if I want to put someone over at least get some type of story behind it, you know, but, uh, he, he put him over, but I, other than that, I was, other than that sour moment, I've I've been a fan of Evan Bourne. I've been, or Matt Seidel in the indies. Um, and I wish that, um, I'll follow him back in the day, wrestling society X back in the early 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And, um, I, I was a big fan of that show. Um, and yeah, I mean he's he has he has so much potential. I was happy when he won the junior tag titles with Ricochet and the junior uh, six man tag team uh, championships as well. Uh, you know he's he's uh, I think like thirty four, thirty five now. And yeah, about that. Yeah, and I think he's like at that. I, I don't see like a, um like a big push to be a ch- singles champion somewhere. Maybe if ROH, you know, brings him back, he can be, like, TV champion. I would love a match with him and Marty Scurll. Um, but, you yeah. know, I think he's at this point now where he's just kind of there, you know, so that, that's what we have with with <coughs> <him outside coughs> now.
4: Yeah, i always loved his memory. Works. I've been around him a few times um, had mm-hmm. the few at ROH uh, shows at, you know, different parties and I had him on my show as well. Talked to him off there. He's very essential, but uh, <clears throat> good mile for the business. Um, always loved his in ring work. I uh, just think WWE this isn't the place for him. Uh, he's, yeah, I agree. WWE so there, the land of the giants. If you're not a big guy or even middle guy. You're not you're not gonna last there too long. But I know they have the cruiserweights right now. The whole cruiserweight um, division, which I, you know, for somebody like Nancy like Doe, just think it would be less than him to even be there. I think mm-hmm. somebody like an RH uh, Impact, uh, Lucha Underground or Japan overseas where he can just be free and kind of be himself with one
3: best Yeah. I think he could get over a lot in Lucha Underground. I mean, talk about like a world champion. I don't see him in a world champion in some major. Like I don't see him as ROH world champ. Uh, Impact, no, I don't see him there. Uh, he could be there. I don't see him as world champ, but I I could see him as Lucha Underground champion, though. Um, he, could, the, he could. He could be. Yeah, yeah he, could, excuse me, he could be. He could be. I think he has enough star power to, to really do something there. So, I mean, John Morrison just won. The title uh, recently and he's uh, What like 37 or something Like that so yeah So yeah 37 38 so uh, There's there's some, some there's some life There oh let's let's, uh, let's Plow through uh, the rest of the headlines For this week uh, the original plan winner of the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal um, Up until the same <laughs> The same day was Sami Zayn. Um, yeah But it's you know like I Throw it in my piece it's one of those things that I don't think I, I don't think that the WWE really has plans for Sami Zayn. I, I don't see. I, I just really think he's a good hand. Um, you know, I think he's one of those dudes that uh, he definitely did better in NXT. Would have done better in NXT, but he, you know, it make make perfect sense that he got caught up because he's such a vet in the business. Uh, but sure. it's like. You know, as we saw with the superstar Shake-Up, even his first match on SmackDown was a loss. So he's there. There's a, it's a lateral movement. Like he was there on Raw to put people over and to make other people look good, and that's exactly what he did on SmackDown. I mean, he the match was really good between him AJ, and match. Corbin, but at the same time, he did the exact same thing that he does on Raw. He he puts his all into it. And just to make somebody else look good. So, th- to me, tonight on SmackDown just proved that it's a lateral move from Sami Zayn, and I don't see anything, you know, higher than mm-hmm. what we saw all. Do you know
4: the difference between Sami Zayn and Seth Rollins?
3: Mm-hmm. One more so mask, one didn't. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I mean, yeah, I mean,
4: apparently. You know, I'll, I'll generically yeah, I know agree. what you mean. <laughs> It's currently just that. The only difference between them two. I I know it's obvious, but basically what you're explaining, which I agree with, is the company push. Mm -hmm. If Rollins didn't have Tris behind his back pushing him, he would be in the same boat. Good talent, looks good, fans like him, but he he just he's at that cusp so he just can't get over the mountains. And that's yeah. exactly where Sami Zayn is at. Sammy Zayn's a great talent. He can wrestle. I like his mic work a lot better than Seth Rollins, you know, we cannot stand Seth Rollins on the mic. I agree. But uh yeah. <laughs> but Rollins had the machine back in him, which and I don't I don't have anything against Rollins. I like Rollins when he Tyler Black. Um, but Sami Zayn, same thing. He looks good, uh he's decent on the mic, he has a problem when he can wrestle but the machine just isn't behind him. So now it's just he just floating around, going through the motions, making everybody look good. He's losing. He got beat up by Strowman back and forth. Uh, you know, he had uh, he did beat Rollins that time,
1: <laughs> only
4: because they were setting up the whole Rollins and Triple H feud. Now he's on SmackDown. Great show threat match with Corbin and AJ. It's not like he needed any more evidence of how great AJ is. It's like phenomenal. Corbin yep. against Charlotte, you know she is. But then, of course, you have Zane the one that takes the ten falls. Like, well, why okay. can't Corbin take it? But, like you said, is I like Zayn. I do. I just, I just, and, and that's somebody. Like I said, if he was at Alicia Underground, if he was at an M tag, if he was at an r a he easily could have been could be world champion. Mm-hmm. But you know how WWE is. You know how the the you know the the way the land is there. So. Yep. And that's no, Absolutely. that's no. Uh, like I said, there's no, no, nothing against WWE, but we just know how things work there. And yeah. then continue, to the that he'll
3: yeah. continue to be He'll continue
4: to be the honky talk man, us in the wrong Bass and, and Richard model. I think Martel he's more like the
3: Tito Santana.
4: Tito Santana, yeah, you know.
3: Yeah, yeah maybe, it it maybe a mid card title run, maybe one mid card title run, but uh, that's it. But you know, even with hey, Tito made the Hall of Fame, so I, I don't know if Sammy will. Tito but will love uh, Tito did. Yeah. Very Bob. Yeah. yeah. Reba, El Matador. See, Tito was a great oh. man. Tito was, oh gosh. Tito was a, El Tito, Matador. Tito. Oh man, I, I you you made me do it again. Man. Oh, I, I can make I can make it go I can make you go
4: it again. When are I could just mention outside uh, of Simba. Oh. <laughs>
3: No way. The worst, uh, the worst part of Tony to Allen's ever. Oh man, that was terrible. Oh man, that was terrible. Thunder <laughs> Simba, ladies and gentlemen. Tito, Tito
4: Santana, great guy. I loved him in the ring. but of the nicest guy. His huge hands. By the way, I don't know if you ever met him in person, so so nice. Mm-hmm. Um, Tito, me yeah. saying
3: we just, you know, he just stuck in the middle ground. Yeah. Yeah, that's That's him yeah so real quick uh, Aaron Rex done with uh, TNA um, That's, that's He, came, he yeah. came last summer He came to the end of last summer and Less than a year later he's He's out of there I mean I, I liked I liked him when he was Damien Sandow when he was Damien Mizdow, I think that was the best thing that he did Then he started mocking like doing the Hogan parody and they 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 WWE did such a terrible, terrible job with with uh, the, the pop that he got from you know the the Miz Dow. When, you know, WrestleMania thirty one and sure. uh Santa Clara, um they it well, they popped when he enter, when he uh um eliminated the Miz. But the big show took that a uh, heat away from that. I'm like well, why would they do that I mean Big Show winning It meant nothing But Mizdow winning it would have meant You know much more But it's just and When he went to TNA I mean he was in His shape wasn't as good as it was in WWE And then he he was It was no character He said yeah he's going to change some things up But there was nothing about Damian Sandow or Aaron Rex there was absolutely nothing about his character as a babyface in TNA that I could get uh, invested in, and it's like, and then he did the whole Liberace style flamboyant Agent Adonis yeah. stuff, and that was absolutely terrible. uh of yeah. him, just—he's, you know, he—he's rightfully so. You know, he's done with TNA. He—he. He, Although he was grand champion, his his run in TNA was abysmal.
4: Uh, yeah, uh, you said anything I was going to say. The little watchy thing I'm like, what is this? It made no sense. They, they were him. Um, the biggest thing he had
3: was <laughs>
1: Was, was,
4: was it better was, than uh, it, it was it was better it was better than South December, but I don't think it was as good as Lady I agree. Um <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah. But, uh,
4: it um and and I'm I'm friends with I Tron the Guerrero. Um gosh, that's so bad. <laughs> 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 if they we if they we survived the, the great years and the bad years. Um
1: yeah.
4: like you said we, we he his his hot, his hottest moment was missed out. He got released. He he was he was big. Everybody wanted him. And I just think he just should have kept I grant going to business, he tried different curtain, at least he tried it, it just wasn't working. i looked at I'm like, What well, what what is he doing? Just, yeah. So that was uh it it's what's next for him I think if, if he kinda if he uses the carton he had in WWE as then he's saying they'll kinda tweak it, just use a different name, that you're welcome and then um um sophisticated. People people forget that um he was a part of that old tag team over ten some years ago called Casey James and idle Stevens.
1: Mm-hmm. And
4: uh Undertaker's wifey, Michelle McCool, was the
1: manager yeah.
4: and Damien Sando yeah. went away in Puerto Rico and overseas and busted his tail a good three, four years or so and reinvented himself before he came yeah. back. So um mm-hmm. Yes, like I said, hopefully you can read the bonus track. I think he's a really good talent. This uh, yeah, Impact. I and, I, and, I, and I was going to blame Impact. It's what I was looking. Blame good old Dutchie and Jeffy. Jeffy yeah,
3: and it was, it was terrible. Yeah, it was absolutely terrible. Jeffy,
4: Dutchie, Jeffy,
3: Dutchie, and Brucey. And Brucey <laughs> But as far as I heard I heard that uh, Bruce isn't doing a lot of creative anymore and they, They're they really pulling him for the uh, Because of the podcast And he's not doing yeah. a lot of uh, A lot of internal stuff Just because He still wants to be heavily You know, invested in the podcast Because that podcast is doing such great numbers So all right, real quick, uh, we only got a few minutes left on the show. Let's uh, talk about the Superstar Shake-Up. Uh, let's get your thoughts on both Raw and SmackDown as far as the Shake-Ups were concerned.
4: Um, it was all right, confusing. Uh, the Shake-Up is it a draft. Um, you have Raw. It's like, okay, high. you show Angle and Brian or, or in Shane. For some reason, they forgot to put Shane in the graphic. They kept showing Daniel Bryan the angle. They keep forgetting Shane is a GMC. And the question is this. How do they go about, how do how these guys pick, how do these superstars script to be on these shows? Ross starts yeah. off great. Ben's playing John Cena. Maurice playing Nicky. Okay, great. They're on the show. Cool. No problem. It's like, how How was the, How was the actual process of them choosing? That's what I was wondering. It was like random. I was like, okay, Miz is on the show. Airbus is on the show. Okay, cool. Things with Raw, what's the point of having a shake-up when you move two superstars that are already feeding on one brand and you move on simultaneously on the other? The same message you want to see from a different night, different color, you go from blue to red, red to blue. I like the Miz being on Raw. I like Ambrose being on Raw. Why does all of the Shield need to be on Raw? Move Seth, move Seth Rollins to SmackDown. Reigns isn't going anywhere because he's in his face. He's taking over Cena when he finally leaves. It is, this, you know, Joe attacking Seth. Okay, that's cool. I like the fact Angle was in the ring. Four kids don't even remember that Angle went against Joe on TNA, but anything that mm-hmm. ever happened in WWE doesn't <laughs> exist. Um. Uh, David Hill just posted something hilarious and said, Some lives matter after watching Raw. Uh, <laughs> that was hilarious. It, it just, yeah, yeah, the monster among men. Uh, I, I kind of like that, that, that nickname because he keeps repeating it down your head. Mm-hmm. Monster among men, just attack from and reigns the quote, murder him or attack, him, you clearly see the dummy, and it's like it makes no sense. Roman now has the most heat in the company. He defeats Taker. He did a great job last weekend. Not saying much, but this is my yard now. Mm-hmm. But yet, Monster Among Men throws him over the balcony with a stretcher, beats the crap out of him. What does that say about rings? Mm-hmm. So he's strong enough to be Taker. What does it say about The
3: Undertaker? That's the, he what is the Undertaker. Undertaker putting over Reigns. Two weeks later, he gets pummeled. I just, I'll let you finish, man. We got. I, I think we'll talk about more about this next week as far as just <laughs> it, what it, this it, means it, for the Undertaker.
4: You could have, you could you could have just had Strongman beat, beat your crap out of Reigns backstage, something quick. You didn't have to go all over the place with the Avalanche and stuff. And then what happens with Reigns, he should be out for the next three to four weeks, but WWE, the Reigns is going to show up within two weeks, just like The Rock yeah. did when he got ran over by Avalanche, and Hickler Man by the NWO, just like <laughs> Big Show fell off the Cobalt Hall, he showed up the yeah. same night,
1: and it was just
4: overkill. <laughs> and, and, and and you know, Miz is there. Farrus is there. And James is over for bliss. Okay, cool. We get to see no fight again for the hundredth time. That's uh, Lexa Bliss, So like her, her, uh, and, her, her interaction and with uh, Sasha Banks. Um, in this smackdown, you have five sessions on the smackdown. So, uh, there's more. There's fresh weeks for JBO. Um. Hmm. Uh, uh, you know, you have Charlotte on SmackDown. I was excited about that. Oh, Green White shows up on Raw. He just randomly downloads, and now he's speeding with Sin. Nobody knows, but he wants to do what he wants. But yet, yeah. he's still showing up on SmackDown now, so he gets to work both shows. He forgot he has to go on payback to the Orton, but now he's a Raw superstar. It, it, it's so much confusing. It's like, what's going on? Ginger Mahal only on sure. the juice. That's why I, t- I tweeted Ginger Juice. He full-arms the mess out of Finn Balor, and you want me to believe Finn Balor looks like a sixth grader, and Jinder Mahal looks like a grown man, beats Jinder Mahal with a stomp. And I ain't talking about Mm -hmm. my good old buddy Kevin Sullivan, Taz Master's foot stomp, a flying stomp.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I agree, man. I think there's some uh, great points. Real quick, uh, I was not a fan of Miz going I think he was getting so much good stuff um, On SmackDown I don't see him I see him as a potential main eventer World champion material on SmackDown Not on Raw Especially with Lesnar at the helm uh, Ambrose, uh, indifferent I, I really don't care Him moving over I, I really didn't have anything good or bad to say But them both moving over in the same segment It was just the same stuff Different day. It was a terrible. <laughs> <time>. Kurt <laughs> Hawkins going over meant nothing. Oh, I forgot
4: understand. about that. What is yeah, he? That was what is terrible. The revival
3: me? beating the New Day twice. I'm like, you you breaking records, but they beat them twice. But of course, you know, as we saw um, on SmackDown, they're coming over to SmackDown. So it was kind of like, a, you know, them kind of laying down Goodbye. before they went to SmackDown. Yeah. Um, I like the Rollins. The Rollins promo was boring until Angle. Gave him the rub So I was I was a fan of that
4: I missed that I what was said Yeah I mean he you know.
3: was You know he was, he was just putting them over I mean I don't know exactly The exact words he said But he got in, He got in the ring And he was talking about Just you know You're one of the most You know Best people here And it's true uh, blah, blah blah true. blah So Um Finn Balor I think Finn Balor Should have went to Smackdown Uh Uh, I think that he should have been like the main event person. Because there wasn't a lot of main eventers that went over to SmackDown to me. exactly. And I think think Finn Balor would have been that guy. that's the person I would have picked. Um, I don't know if this is going like week two or something like that. Because they're saying like New Day is coming. So I don't know exactly, you know, if they're going to allow them to you know, like in the coming weeks, is it going to last two weeks? And then Daniel Bryan saying something about it's not going to last. I mean, you, you can't defeat, you can't defend the title, and it was, it's just all types of, it's just, it was just weird. It's time to
4: say things out again. Yeah. Okay.
3: And he, sure. <laughs> and I'm like, but it's like, oh, once it goes to SmackDown, but. You know, Jericho gets Jericho on a raw and wants revenge, but Jericho doesn't appear does not apparel smackdown. SmackDown's been apparently,
4: And apparently now it's good for the heavier man to wear a suit. Why Kevin Owens wearing a suit? Yeah. Well, what, what sense is that? He's always worn Likewise. the T-shirt. Why Why is Joe wearing a <laughs> suit? It looks dumb. But it's like how Austin was wearing a suit. It doesn't make sense. Right. Why are we wearing seats now? It, 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 <laughs> I mean, I can I can I can use a reference, and I can even use that that the horsemen when Flair came back and told Michelle, "If you can't find me, my refired." <laughs> you had Chris Benoit who's still sitting there in the seat. Malenko. I'm like, why are you wearing seats? Looks weird. Mm-hmm. Like all we ever see you in is just your tights. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs>
4: oh, um, oh, and then shout out The Cruiserweight division They actually got a mom They actually and This shows where the Cruiserweight division is How Vince thinks about them. Yeah. You have a segment A five to six minute segment Which felt like two hours uh, TJ Kirk is We don't know who you are You just like video games, I guess You have Neville The new Highlander Duncan McLeod Which I like because His forehead looks funny And you have Double A and, um, I'm sorry, A-double. All right. You have them have a backstage segment, right, with no microphone.
1: Right.
4: <laughs> yeah. Well, Steve, you just say? Because yeah. I'm he sure people it was like Wilder or, or Stroman or Reigns or Jericho, they always had mics. Some of them even right. walked to the river with mics in their pockets. Sting had one in his coat. Ticket had one in his pocket. Everybody had his mic. But it's the 3 right. division. So you have three guys talking backstage. With no microphones,
1: right. six minutes cut yeah. out
4: like an hour. And radio doesn't champ by the way. Radio wears hoodies now and comes out with the championship, which no one cares. New, um, Eric Rowan, down back with his new mask, you now I'm like, what, what is going on? Yeah,
3: yeah, it's so confusing. It
4: makes my head hurt. All types
3: on? of weird. Yeah. I Yeah. <laughs> it was all types of weird. Um, and then Primo and Epico. Actually, that was kind of cool because they kind of changed it up a little bit. Um, but like I said, no main eventers, you know, that really came to SmackDown. So their shakeup was just like, ugh. um. So, yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, real quick. Play uh, of the week. Um,. Just real quick, uh, for, for lack of time, uh, what WCW um, uh, pay-per-view would you like to see back on WWE? Buckhouse Stampede. No, I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> that'll go. Uh, uh, ah.
4: And it
3: will make the deal. There you go. If they did nice. it right. No, I'm
4: sorry, um, I... wrong. War, games. War games. War
3: games. Yes, War that games. was actually going to be my pick. War games.
4: War, was, games, war games, games. Uh, I heard,
3: I heard that there were some talks before, but um, never has uh, panned out. But yeah, yeah. war games. Trip, without, Trip, without, Trip without Trip wanted it for cool. Vincent, though. No. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for the 263rd episode of Pancakes and Power Sam Show. We are, we are marching down to. Um, the next monumental episode, I guess you know, we're, we're, the six-year anniversary, the 250th episode, whatever monumental episode you want to count in. So, uh, well, we we already did the 250, so the 300th episode. So I think the 300th episode will be before the year, before the year episode, like maybe a few weeks before. But, ladies and gentlemen, Ken Anderson. Chandavari, thank you so much for you guys for uh, being on the show three times. The Three Timers Club, first ever Three Timers Club. Congratulations on that. And of course, Under the Matt Radio. Check them out on Tuesdays. Real quick, what time, Evan? Uh, Tuesdays
4: at 7 p.m. Eastern Time.
3: Fantastic. Check it out. And ladies and gentlemen. Can... Yes,
1: intern, intern space
4: They check out prices at Power Slams every Tuesday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Time on Blood Talk Radio. Backslash. No and,
3: uh, and the business, absolutely. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna have some fun next week. And uh, pancakes and Power Slams T-shirts uh, selling pretty good. Um, check out the uh, send an inbox to the Crave Wrestling Facebook page if you want to crave if you want to pancake with Power Sam's um, t-shirt next week I'll be at Raw so I'll give you live notes uh, from wow. live Raw next week so ladies and gentlemen God bless you all uh, for Evans And Y'all have a blessed evening. And until next week,
4: God
0: bless. Goodbye. See you later. God bless. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com.
1: It's my little escape.
0: Now Judy's the life of the party.
3: Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon.
0: Whoa, take it easy, Judy.